Hello, Gator Nation, and welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Albaverde, staff writer for the Lake City Reporter. What's up, Florida fans? Hope everybody is enjoying their week as we get closer to Florida's first SEC game at Kentucky on Saturday. On today's episode, we're going to interview Brian Ahats from the Pensacola News Journal about Florida Gators wide receiver Jacob Copeland. Brian covered him in high school, so he's going to give us some background. In the second segment, we're going to discuss how the Florida coaches are adjusting to Kentucky quarterback Sawyer Smith after the injury to starter Terry Wilson. And in the final segment, we'll bring you some comments from Florida safeties coach Ron English and Gator safety Sean Davis. But let's kick things off with my interview with Brian. I know Florida fans out there excited to watch Jacob Copeland on Saturday. He should have some more opportunities come his way with the injury to Kadarius Toney. He covered his high school games more than any other reporter in the Pensacola area. So he knows what he can do on the football field. And Brian also knows Jacob pretty well off the field too. Here was my conversation with him this week. Brian, obviously this is a big week in Gator Nation regarding Jacob Copeland. He's expected to get some more opportunities with Tony out. And you got you know this guy really well. You covered him in high school. First of all, what is it like to see him now at Florida getting this opportunity after what was a, a pretty crazy recruitment on his road to get to UF? He's yeah, he's had a uh, uh, heck of a road. I mean, you know, even just a lot of a lot of adversity growing up, a lot of a lot of tough times, and of course, you know, being injured last year, and you mentioned the whole recruiting process was, you know, it never seems to be smooth sailing for that guy. And uh, I know a lot of people, a lot of younger players here look up to him, and, and he's got a respect of a lot of former players and you know all eyes in, in the Pensacola area are on that guy and uh he's you know people around here could not be happier for him to, to score on that slant last week I think people you know wanted to see more earlier from him of course you know he got hurt last year and, but when he I think he took a you know a jet sweep last year 17 yards or something on his first touch and you know so that was kind of that glimpse that people people knew that he was going to live up to the hype that that uh he he earned uh, through his high school and uh, it was uh, there. You saw it all over social media and, and heard about it everywhere you went last week uh, after he caught that that touchdown on that slant. So it's 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 good. Um, it's good to see that, and and you you're excited to see what's what's next for him for sure. And obviously, you know, he was one of the biggest recruits that Florida had landed in several years, and it came all the way to signing day. He had that that big moment with his mom that kind of made national news. And you wrote a, a column, I think, right after that, um, that I remember being something along the lines of "You don't know Jacob Copeland." And I think at that time, yeah, at that time, a lot of people were making kind of assumptions about him and his family and his upbringing. Can you just kind of go back to that story and, and just what motivated you to write it and what you kind of got to know about Jacob during that time? I mean, it was yeah, absolutely, man. That was one of my. I really, I'm glad you brought that up. That was one of my probably one of my favorite pieces I've ever put together, and uh, I, it was. I, I I felt for him because you know he some of it he you know he brings on himself. I mean, he's a guy that's not, especially in high school, he was not afraid of of self glossing. You know, he 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 was gonna. Yeah, just the amazing footwork and the stuff he did in the open field. You know, he would he, he would make defenses look foolish and, and break a huge touchdown after that and he would self-gloss about it and some people uh didn't see anything more 
to him than you know. Oh, here's a, a great player that's that's going to let you know about it, and, and maybe in some people's opinions takes it too far. But at the same time, I mean, you don't. The truth of the matter, and the thing that I saw was that for every time he said, you know, I think he told, I think he referred to himself as you know, hashtag God's feet or something like that after <laughs> one of his highlight reel plays where he two stepped, you know, through five guys. And, you know, shook everybody, but yeah. So every time he, he he coined a new phrase about how great he was, he did something else to help somebody else. And I mean, and there's stories of that that I you know I've seen firsthand where you know when he was being recruited by I think Tennessee, Alabama, and Florida were his top three in the end. And there was a day where um, he was on the phone with uh, Jeremy Pruitt, who was uh, you know coaching the Vols at that time, and and he he said. You know, how come you haven't offered my, my dog Frank yet? Talking about Frank Pizant, who was a, a sophomore linebacker at that time. And, and, you know, he was – what I'm trying to say is that he wasn't he, – while, while if you look at social media, he might seem like he's all about himself. But he was – throughout his recruiting saga, he was constantly shedding light on his teammates and even other players that he played against in, in the Pensacola area. Definitely. And then last thing for you, Brian, a uh, lot's – being made this week about him kind of taking over Kadarius Tony's role and playing that Percy position. Now, a lot of Florida fans haven't got to see a lot of Jacob Copeland. Uh, they've just watched highlights or, or heard. Um, can you just speak to his ability and some of the things that he did in Escambia's offense that might be able to translate to this level? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, you know, when when he was, I mean, he was just a prototype, everything you that I call a collegiate recruiters looking for. I mean, when you look at like the the spark ratings and um you know any any kind of athletic athletic measurement i mean he's like a 96 to 99 percentile guy coming out of high school in his, in his class so um i mean in the, you just got to give him some space in the open field which is i mean kind of fitting into you know some of those percy roles and stuff like that i mean you don't have to you don't have to draw uh, some you know crazy you know deep post for him to pick up 60 yards you know you just kind of got to give it to him and you know he's been around that level you know enough and watched enough film and been practicing with those guys you know he might not have the game reps but I think if he's able to kind of compartmentalize you know the moment and kind of just take it for what it is as another snap I mean I think he's a guy that uh, can make make something huge out of something that that you know doesn't look like to be much so I mean you put him in open space you know it's it's very dangerous Um, he's he's you know he's very strong too i mean you can tell i mean he's there was a, i saw a lot of social media posts about just how much he had blown up muscle mass wise so i mean talk on one-on-one uh, matchups you know there's you know press coverage i think he's gonna dominate stuff like that and so i mean he basically can do anything that you'd ask of of a, of a skill player i mean he's he's he, of course, he's got the hands. Um, you can, you know, you can run sweeps to him. You can run a screen. He can, he can beat somebody off the line and go deep. I think it's just, you know, I think it's just a matter of, of giving him those, of targeting him, and you know, giving him those chances till we can truly see, you know, how he handles the the, the next level because we we haven't had a full dose of, you know, Jacob Copeland. I guess you could say, you know, at the next level yet. Good stuff there from Brian. Really appreciate his time and perspective. You can follow him on Twitter at PNJBrian. That's P-N-J-B-R-I-A-N. When we come back from this first break, we'll discuss how the Florida coaches are adjusting to the Wildcats' new QB. Everyone loves the comfort of their own home. 
But there's nothing like going to a game and being a fan in the stands. And whether you're looking for seats on the 50-yard line or front row tickets to see your favorite band in person, Vivid Seats is here to help you. Vivid Seats is the top source for purchasing event tickets in the online marketplace. You can search for seats by section, row, and price, all in the Vivid Seats app. The in-app loyalty program, Vivid Seats Rewards, allows you to purchase tickets to any concert, game, or show and earn credit towards your next live event. Visit the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Do that and you're automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program. Every purchase is backed by 100% buyer guarantee. From sporting events to theater shows, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the Vivid Seats app and become part of their loyalty program today. Welcome back into Locked On Gators, your team every day. We played you some comments from defensive coordinator Todd Grantham yesterday. And when he met with the media this week, he also discussed how he's adjusting to Kentucky's new quarterback, Sawyer Smith. He is a transfer from Troy, and he got his first opportunity to play for the Wildcats. In their win over Eastern Michigan, he came in after Wilson's injury, and he threw two touchdown passes. He completed five of his nine attempts for 76 yards, and the Wildcats were able to win that game 38-17. to And you look back on his time at Troy, he really only had one year last season where he was the starter and had a chance to put up numbers. He finished 2018 with 1,669 passing yards, 14 touchdowns to six picks. He completed 63% of his passes, but it wasn't until the midway point in the season when he became the starter. Troy did have a road trip to Nebraska early last year, and it would have been good to see how Smith performed in that game, but he wasn't starting at that point. No stats against the Cornhuskers. But he did put up some big numbers in Troy's bowl game in a 42-32 win over Buffalo. He threw for 320 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, and completed 31 of his 44 pass attempts. So he's got the ability to throw the ball. He showed it in that game as well as last Saturday against Eastern Michigan. But this Florida secondary is going to be a totally different test for him. I know they have C.J. Henderson down, but they still have some really elite DBs. And we'll hear from safety's coach Ron English in the next segment about some of those guys. But UF defensive coordinator Todd Grantham and head coach Dan Mullen talked this week about how the Gators are preparing for Smith. And even though he's a different quarterback than Terry Wilson, they still expect Kentucky to keep their offensive identity and not change up their scheme too much for Smith. Now, he's not going to burn the Gators like Terry Wilson did last year on the ground. But he does have the ability to beat them through the air if they have some lapses in coverage. I do think the fact that he's only got really one year of college experience and hasn't faced a defense even close to what he's going to see on Saturday, I don't think there's too much to worry about with this abrupt change at quarterback. Certainly the coaches had to adjust their game plan this week, go back and look at some old tape of Smith at Troy. But as Mullen said this week in 2019, that's easy. Somebody just presses a button and you get the video file. Back in his day when he was a young assistant coach and you couldn't send video files like that, he talked about having to go out on the road and meet assistants from other schools at the halfway point to exchange film at some bar at 3 a.m. But it's funny because that's how Mullen said he met Jeff Collins, who he would later hire at Mississippi State as his defensive coordinator. Then he came to Florida as a D.C. and now and now he's the head coach at Georgia Tech. But Mullen told a cool story this week about when he was at Columbia and Collins was at Fordham. They met up at a bar, had a cocktail, and and that's how their relationship in the coaching profession started. But he and his defensive coordinator now, Todd Grantham, didn't have to go through all that hassle to get tape on Smith. And Mullen talked about how the Gators are getting ready for him this week. You know, they're not going to just scrap everything and they're going to run their offense. You know, it'll just have a little bit of a f- different flavor to it. You know, we got to go and try to find some film on the new quarterback and, um, you know, and watch what he does. But, I, you know, just like anybody, I mean, we're they're not going to make wholesale changes 
to what they do. Um, they, they're going to do what they do. And they, you know, I mean, very similar to, you know, we have guys banged up, hey, next guy up, and someone's got to go step in and make the play. We have to go back and try to find some Troy stuff just to see, you know, his strengths and some of his strengths and weaknesses. You know, obviously that's always tricky, more for the coaches than the players because, you know, you don't want them sitting there because it's going to, you know, you hate all of a sudden they start. There's nothing worse than watching film and then realizing, hey, that's not, there's nothing to do with the team we're playing. I'm just trying to watch the person. And that can kind of mess with your head, with your reads and what you're seeing. So uh, I know our coaches went back, try to get some older Troy film and see, see him play a little bit. Here were the comments from Florida defensive coordinator Todd Grantham about his preparation for Smith and what he brings to the table. We do all of our SEC opponents during the summer, spring or summer. I mean, I've already had a book on, you know, the guys that we're going to play, even if it's just maybe going through our game last year or, you know, our defensive structure or maybe the kind of offense they run. You know, we're going to kind of do that with every team we play, particularly teams that are uh, in the SEC East. Do you just so you're not, like, throwing out some of the stuff that maybe – Not really because, you know, they've got him. they got a backup quarterback too. I mean, they can choose to do anything, so we just got to be ready to adjust to whatever they do. Just a, is it a cursory look at Troy to look at this guy? Is it, I mean, how, how deep – The only thing that would do is, is that kind of gives you maybe some – Accuracy, you know, maybe his his rhythm of getting rid of the ball, that kind of stuff. Maybe his athletic ability when he moves. So we've looked at that and uh, and and are aware of that and made notes of it. So, you know, we're understanding it's going to be a challenge with whoever's there. So we just got to play to our play to our identity. When we come back from this last break, we'll bring you some comments from Florida Safety's coach Ron English, as well as one of his starters, Sean Davis. You're listening to Locked On Gators, your team every day. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Welcome back, Florida fans. We heard from Ron English this week, and it was good to talk to the Gator Safeties coach. He's had a lot of moving pieces at his position with Brad Stewart being suspended, Jawan Taylor dealing with an injury, and even Sean Davis going down at one point during the UT Martin game. And when Davis was under the tent being looked at, Florida was actually in a situation against the Skyhawks where they only had two healthy scholarship safeties, Steiner and Linton. So with some guys being out, the Gators are thin at English's position. But fortunately, Davis was okay against UT Martin, and he got the start in that game. English talked about what he saw from number 31 and how he's gained confidence and progressed at the safety position. But, I, you know, I could watch him and tell he, you know, had confidence issues. So you do what you have to do to build that. But the real way you build it is performance out here. You get them to perform out here, and then all of a sudden, you make a couple plays on Saturday, and then all of a sudden, you know. But he's got talent. Well, his problem was he was afraid to not make a play. So he would quit before he got in position to make a play. And that was his biggest issue. So, uh, you know, we just constantly talked about finishing plays. And he's done a good job of that the first two games. We'll see. To me, these kids, to, 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 to me, it's week to week, man. This thing is week to week. What does he provide for you guys when he, when he is doing well, that consistently? Well, he's talented. I mean, Sean's a talented guy now. He can run. He's, got, he's strong. Uh, uh, he's athletic. And he's smart. You know, he's smart. And so, you know, but the thing that people don't remember about these guys, especially in today's football, is you got a guy and he's – this is his third year playing college football. He last, last year was his second year playing college football, and his first year didn't play very much, and last year didn't play very much. And so all these young kids who may not be where 
some expect him to be at this particular time. You know, back in the day, the guy would be a retro freshman. You know what I mean? So, um, so I, I try to, you know, I say that out loud because I try to remember that too. We've talked to you before about replicating game experience, how yep. impossible that is in some of those young guys in there like Chester and yep, Jaden, yep, yep. especially in the first quarter. How sure. valuable was that for Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you can't replicate that, as you, as you said. And to get them in, and then, that, and then they make a play, and then they have some success, and then they buy in more to what you're asking them to do out here, mm-hmm. right? And then they all of a sudden start getting better, and then you can count on them. And that's, you know, the way Coach Muller runs his program, which I really like, is we – try to develop everyone to the point that at some point in the year, we're going to be able to count on them. I mean, that's really what we do here, and I think that's why um, his teams have consistently gotten better as the years progress. How's Dean look so far in that position? He's growing. It's, it's a hard position. It's not an easy position, particularly when um, you haven't played a safety position or you haven't... When, when you've just played corner, you kind of line up and you cover that guy or the safety tells you what to do and that's what you do when you play the star position you blitz you cover you play zone you play man you blitz, you take on blocks you make checks you disguise coverages you so he's growing I mean I just keep telling him don't get frustrated do not get frustrated this is I mean at Michigan we put Tylaw there we put Woodson there we put uh, Marlon Jackson there we put Leon I mean all first round draft picks all stars so those are your best players in your secondary so now that's what that position kind of demands so he's just got to keep growing man he's getting better he got better from game one to game two so he's getting better anything stand out to you on Kentucky so far as far as what, well, what they've been doing this year their toughness man they're, Kentucky's gonna run it in there. They're going to pound it and run their counters and their powers, and they're going to stick it in their downhill running team. Um, and nothing has changed about that. Their offensive line is a really good football coach. I think the guy who coaches their running backs is a really good football coach. If you don't grab them when you tackle them, they're going to break tackles. If you don't leverage the ball and you're not disciplined, they're going to get out. So I think that way. I think hurting their quarterback, uh, losing their quarterback hurts because it takes a little run game dimension out of there. Um, but the backup comes in, he throws two touchdowns. I mean, you know. He, he is it's not like the guy just came to college. I mean, he is a grad transfer. He does have a degree. So um, I expect him to be ready to play with the, with the snaps that he got last week. And then, um, you know, their defensive front is back, from what I understand. And that front seven was pretty decent last year. You know, obviously they lost to Rush Guy Allen, but they've got everybody else. So it's going to be a dogfight, man. It's going to be SEC football. Now let's hear from the man himself, Sean Davis. Here's what he had to say when he met with the media after getting the start against UT Martin. It felt kind of good just to set the tone on the defense on the first play and get everybody hyped and everybody like hyped up after the play and then we just getting after it again. How'd you feel about some of those freshman performance in the secondary? I felt good knowing that those guys prepared and were ready to play the game and make big plays. The way that we practice and the way that they practice also, they play like they play more than like they play as a freshman. Like they play like they're like one of us basically. How rewarding is it to kind of see your work start to pay off? Oh, it feels good to me knowing that I've been working hard now it's starting to pay off, staying healthy, and just overcoming some of the things that I have overcome. What were some of the challenges, I guess, in terms of on the field play for you in your first couple of years? Basically, just being confident in myself, playing, just sitting there, playing, and being confident in myself, knowing that I can make big plays. What did that sort of change for you? This, um, this, um, spring, really. 
or towards like the end of last year, I just want to say I got really like comfortable with the, with the game. And then now that I'm getting older, I feel way more comfortable and I can play to a higher level. What kind of triggered that confidence? Just really Coach E, like he just he just bashing on our head, knowing, saying like he know that we can be big time players, so we gotta act like it and play like it all the time. That'll do it for this edition of Locked On Gators on today's show. We had our interview with Brian from the Pensacola News Journal about Jacob Copeland. We discussed how the Florida coaches are preparing for new Kentucky quarterback Sawyer Smith. And just now, we brought you those comments from Ron English and Sean Davis. On tomorrow's show, we'll make our prediction for Florida, Kentucky, and we'll be joined by Graham Hall from the Gainesville Sun. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked On Gators, your team every day.